So first, I want to brag on these youth members for the amazing job that they've done in the worship service so far. I don't know too many adults who are comfortable getting up in front of the congregation and speaking, so um, words can express how proud I am of these amazing teenagers. Um, And the fact that they're willing to lead worship in front of their parents and their mentors and their friends, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes of them. Um, So a couple of months ago, the words, but God, came to my mind. And I felt led to make that the subject of my message this morning. And since then, I've seen these two words pop up on shirts, like on countless social media ads. And had these two words not also appeared in several other places not affiliated with the internet, I may have assumed that it was that person in my phone that like knows what I'm saying and then sends me ads. You know those, you know that thing. Um, but since there were signs outside of the World Wide Web, did I just age myself? I'm, I'm going to lean a little more toward those were signs from God that we're on the right track today. I actually initially thought that this message would be based on the many but God moments in my life, but quickly realized that there are way too many of those. Every day there are moments where I see the mighty hand of an awesome God working miracles and placing protections over my very human existence. The message slowly evolved from simply the but God moments to being more on the three phases of but God. Let me preface the next part of this message by saying that punctuation matters. Where are my English teachers? Punctuation matters. How many times have you found yourself in a situation And it wasn't looking like things were going your way. And you find yourself saying, but God, I've done everything right. Why is this happening? Why are you not providing for me? I've done everything that I think that you want to do. And you repay me with trials and temptations. Thanks a lot. You're mad because you didn't get your way or what you thought that you needed or wanted. You know what's best for you. After all, you live your life. So how could you be wrong about what you need? You want to be in charge of this ship that feels like it's sailing away and you're left in the dinghy in the rough and tumultuous waters. You see people around you every day living their best lives and receiving blessing after blessing and answer prayer after answer prayer. And your prayers aren't being answered And you're angry. The reality is you're frustrated because you know that you aren't perfect. That's me preaching to myself. And you're mad at yourself because um, you're not living up to your own standards. You're disappointed because you expected more from yourself. And you're angry with God for not giving you what you want. Sometimes situations that are beyond your control can cause you to be frustrated. I'm going to read from Numbers 20, verses 1 through 12. And it says, In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. 
The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Moses and Aaron, who were doing what God had called them to do, got so angry with their situation that they defied a direct command from God. Have you ever been so frustrated that you just scream? So frustrated that you need a punching bag before you punch somebody? So frustrated that you don't think words will do the trick. That's how I imagine this scene to play out. The people were complaining, and they were tired and hungry and frustrated, and they didn't fully understand what the promised land held. Have you ever been in a pretty bad situation, then you're moved to a worse situation, and suddenly the pretty bad situation didn't seem so bad? Some of these people who were complaining weren't even alive when they left Egypt. This was toward the end. Some of them had only heard stories of the land that they had left behind for the promised land. This was toward the end of the journey, about, so about 40 years of whining and complaining and fussing and being told you're crazy and mean and questioning. Why, um, it, it can wear on a person, even a godly person. Even a person doing God's work. And I imagine as Moses and Aaron stepped up to that rock and the people were maybe mocking them and telling them that this is their fault and they're going to die in the wilderness, Moses felt done. Have you ever felt done? When I'm done, I'm done. There's no need to discuss the matter any further. I'm done. God specifically told them to what? Speak. To speak to the rock. By speaking to the rock, and then the rock producing water, it would be very my papers are apparent that it was a miracle from God. 
right? If you walked outside today and said, rock, give us some water, and it produced it, that's a miracle from God. So why is that important? Maybe that would serve as a great reminder to the people of why they are in the wilderness and that Moses and Aaron were only doing what God had instructed them to do. And maybe that would ease the frustration of the people and perhaps they would ease up on the behaviors that were pushing Moses and Aaron over the edge of their sanity. But Moses and Aaron were done. So I would imagine hitting the rock twice was out of frustration. Here's your water, you bunch of ingrates. The problem is, God gave very specific instructions. Striking the rock wouldn't have been 100% perceived as a miracle. It was an action that resulted in a reaction. Moses struck the rock twice, and the water spilled. God still provided for the needs of the people, but actions have consequences. Had Moses done as he was instructed, the people would have likely received the water as a miracle, and Moses and Aaron would soon cross the threshold into the promised land that they had worked so hard to reach. Instead, Moses' frustration and anger resulted in what had to be a devastating consequence for them. They didn't get to step foot into the promised land. They were required to stay back and watch, or maybe I should say they were allowed to stay back and watch. Not because Moses was angry, but because he allowed his anger to result in unfaithfulness to God. Where does your anger lead you? Are you standing on the edge of the promised land, unable to enter because of an emotion that you struggle to control? Or maybe you don't even realize that you have. Punctuation matters. Let's take the same few statements and questions that we started this message with and change the punctuation to change the meaning. How many times have you found yourself in a situation and it wasn't looking like things were going your way and you find yourself saying, but God, why is this happening? Why are you not providing for me? I've done everything that I think you want me to do, and you repay me with trials and tribulations. What am I doing wrong? I don't understand. Have you ever questioned God? Have you ever allowed yourself to believe that maybe he doesn't have your best interest at heart? When the world seems to be crashing down on you, it can be easy to lose focus and forget that this same God who created the heavens and the earth and maintains them in perfect order, also created you. In Psalm 10, 1, the psalmist asks, Oh Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I'm in trouble? Job, Job was a righteous man who lost everything. Of course he questioned God. In Job 13, 23 and 24, he very directly asked God, How many wrongs and sins have I committed? Show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face from me and consider me your enemy? It can be frustrating and disappointing when we feel like God has abandoned us. 
But what a healthy response to add a question mark at the end of your but God. What better way to understand a situation or a relationship than to ask the questions? Questions when my kids were little. Think back. Oh, the questions. Questions after questions after questions. And in the midst of those younger years and so many questions, I would sometimes get tired of all of the questions. But now that we're long past that stage, I realize that they just wanted to be more like the big people. They wanted to know what I know. They wanted to learn. And the best way to learn was to ask. And when we take time to ask God what we need to do to change our circumstances, it is proof that we want to learn to live more like Jesus. We are looking for his direction and trusting him to guide us. Unlike the angry exclamation point that tends to draw us away from God and more into ourselves, or the, appreh- the apprehensive question mark tends to cause us to seek guidance from God and pray for his counsel. When we've moved from getting frustrated to searching for answers, we know we're moving in the right direction in our faith walk. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, it paints a grim picture for humans. It reads, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that those three verses are written in past tense. And then they make verse 4 forward look really, really sweet. But God is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And there's an exclamation point there. Genesis 8.1, but God remembered Noah. 1 Samuel 23.14, Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. Psalm 49, 14 through 15. They are sheep and are destined to die, but God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Acts 13, Acts 3.15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to a man, but God is faithful and will, allow you to, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to stand. Have you struggled with temptation? Have you chosen something unholy? over your Savior? Have you been stalked by the enemy? 
Have you been redeemed? Have you been protected? Have you been silenced? Sometimes that's God. Have you been protect have you been hurt? Have you been lost? Have you been ignored? Have you been forgotten? Have you been struggling? What is your but God moment? Listen, when you reach a point where your but God moves from an exclamation point or a question mark to a period, and you accept that God is the provider of all things good, and he is your protector and your portion, you will find a peace that can only come from faith in the one true God. I have so many but God moments that there's no way that I could begin to count them all. But do you think that your but God moments are only the big reveals, like curing illness or providing a hedge of protection in an accident or an incident? Think smaller. I see God provide for me every day. When money's tight, he provides. When stress could be really high, he provides. When I don't understand and need peace, he provides. Every verse in the Bible that I referenced reminds us that our circumstances do not, death and disease do not, and the enemy does not get the last word. When you add a period to the end of but God, you just, you trust him. You trust him to handle the situation and you don't have to fear the consequences. We serve a God who is faithful and loving and kind and whose ways are not our ways. So when things don't go as we think they should, our faith allows us to say, this is not where I want to be, but God has me in the palm of his hand. And because I know that he loves me, I will never doubt his goodness. Thank you.